All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Nobody Asked the Podcast. I'm so excited to be here this week. So this week's topic is a little bit heavy. It's a little bit real. I feel like all of the topics are something that um, people can really take a lot from. But I feel like this week's a, a little bit different. So it's a little bit of a trigger warning for like people who um, are uncomfortable with listening to mental health um, and the related subjects with that. It's not entirely about um, mental health, but it is. It is, you know. So listen at your own discretion. Feel free to just pause. Um, close your eyes and pause. Stop listening. Um, don't put your, uh, don't put yourself through that if you don't, uh, want to, or don't think you can. Um, there's always next week and there's always episodes from the past that you can go back and listen to. So yeah, the topic this week is what I call comfortably sad. It came from a tweet that I saw something about along the lines of I'm in a period where I don't have a lot of joy in my life and I'm weirdly okay with that. I don't want to do more to find joy. I'm like comfortably sad. And I thought, you know, in, in these short, like two, it was two sentences or something like that. In, in that amount of space, they, I don't know, for me, it really struck me because I was like, you know, I've been there myself where it's just kind of like, you know, you, you watch the world go by and, you know, it is what it is. And you're just kind of like going through the motions a little bit. And uh, there's a, a couple of different perspectives to what comfortably sad is. And we're going to go through them all. And hopefully you can like take something out of it. I found that reading these um things people were saying online about being comfortably sad really made me feel seen. That's all I really want for this podcast really is for people to know that a lot of the problems that we face, challenges that we must climb over, other people are also doing that, you know? Um, so the first one is... This was the biggest problem I had when I got into a serious relationship because I constantly had an internal struggle of not being able to just let go and be happy in the relationship. I found it really hard to adjust to the feelings of happiness. It was like they were something to be cautious of. I guess with sadness, you have no expectation or chance to lose something good. So it's like a safe emotion. You know? You know? I guess with sadness, you have no expectation or no chance to lose something good. So it's like a safe emotion. That's one way of looking at it. I think with sadness, um, I'm not going to invalidate this person, but I think with sadness, you know, it can definitely feel like a really safe space to be in. Comfortably sad. Um, but I think you're losing out on being happy. But I, I totally like resonate. I hate the cliche words that I have to use sometimes because it's the only words within my vocabulary at the moment. Um, but I found it really hard to adjust to feelings of happiness. And I feel like we've all been there where it's like, you know, 
I don't know. I, I for instance, I have been to some parties recently, and I I've been sitting there just kind of like, this is supposed to be really fun, and it isn't. Why isn't it? This is this is not bad, but it's not great. Um, is it because the movies and TV shows are depicting like people having so much fun? Is it because this isn't my thing? Is it some other reason? You know? Um, but anyways, next one. Somebody very plainly says, it's familiar. It's a safe feeling. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You know? You know? Hello, darkness, my old friend. That one, that line right there, I think, um, you know, we all kind of fall in and out of being comfortably sad and, uh, it is kind of like an old friend in a way because it is comforting to, to feel, to feel the darkness a little bit. Um, moving on, this person says being happy requires vulnerability, which is scary. My therapist recommended videos by Brene Brown. I also recommend Brene Brown. She talks about foreboding joy. Anytime we feel joy, we're so afraid of losing it that we're immediately more concerned with that fear than with feeling and appreciating the joy. I definitely recommend any of her TED Talks or her books. She helped me a lot. She also has a Netflix special or two or something like that that I go back to periodically. Brene Brown, I love her. And I love this passage because I have found that like the way to get out of it, because I want to bring up these issues that we all have, but I also want to give us some solutions that we might be able to take from. Um, and this person says, anytime we feel joy, we're so afraid of losing it that we're immediately more concerned with that fear than feeling with that, than with feeling and appreciating the joy. I think that any emotion, right? We know it's fleeting. It's not going to be there forever, whether that's anger, sadness, happiness, joy, somewhere in between boredom. Is boredom an emotion? I don't know. Um, I don't think it is. <laughs> but, you know, everything, everything is transient. It's, it's going to go. Um, and so is joy and happiness. So you have to cling on to the bits that you're given when you have them. And know that they'll they'll come back, but they've got to go in order to come back. You know, you can't always be happy. You can't always have joy. But um, that's that's what you want. You don't always want to be happy. You don't want to always have joy because then your baseline is always at a ten. You know, so it it'll take more and more and more and more for you to feel happiness and joy, and then you're just chasing. You know. That's my perspective. I think you have to have the lows to get the highs, right? right? We, we know this. Um, next person says, I feel happiness can make you miss things you otherwise may not or just give in to certain weaknesses. That scares people. Happiness requires a certain level of vulnerability. If people knew what makes you happy, then they also know what makes you sad. And that's uncomfortable to some. That's uncomfortable to many. I like this. It, it takes a certain vulnerability to be happy, you know? Um, it, it's a very... I think this is even more me, niche. Um, 
and being comfortably sad is, is, you know, willing to be like, hey, I actually am happy right now. I actually have joy right now. This is giving me joy. No matter what anybody else says, you know, no matter how maybe uncool it is to feel happiness and joy right now, that's where I am at, you know? Um, next person says, humans have a tendency to be biased towards negativity. For example, you don't remember or even think of all the people on the road who drive normally. You only focus on that one person that cut you off three weeks ago. You don't believe when someone calls you beautiful, so you make an excuse to dismiss it. But when someone calls you ugly, you never forget it. I love that one. I love that one. And that's going to take time to rearrange how you look at things, you know? It's it's the same thing. I saw this thing. Did I mention this on the podcast before? I forget. But it was like, you know, 50, 300, 1,000, a million people could like your Instagram photo. But it's the one person that comments something negative that you're going to remember, right? It's not all the people that said, I like what you posted. And then sc- kept scrolling, you know. You know, and not, not every post you like is exceptional. You know what I mean? It's not saying it's I'm not trying to say that they think you're exceptional when they like your photo. No, but they're not leaving a negative comment. Right. But they are saying, I like that photo enough to like it. I like you enough to like it, whatever it may be, you know, but it's that one negative comment. For me, if I get something, something rather that, um, I don't necessarily agree with in my comment section. I immediately just delete it, you know? I delete it because there's no reason why it should really be there, especially these days. Like, nobody's saying to move to the next post, you must comment something and say it with your honest thoughts. You can just scroll on past. Scroll. Your algorithm will change. I will not be on your algorithm anymore because you didn't like my post, and that's fine. I don't want you around if you don't want my stuff. And that kind of goes with everybody else, you know? You have to remember the people that liked your post or then the people that disliked your post or didn't even see it in the first place. I feel like that's a whole nother thing. Um, moving on. The sun is really in my face today. Like it's a clear blue sky, but it's um it's bright and it's reflecting there's snow outside my window and it's reflecting off the snow and it's even more bright I feel like than usual which is nice I like a bright day but um actually does anybody else get this when the weather has been really no yes when the weather has been really dark when there's been a lot of clouds maybe it's been storming this happens to me in June I mean not June oh my god Uh, January, December, February, and then in March, it starts getting brighter and it's almost uncomfortable. Like, oh, I actually don't want this. Like I missed it for so long that I kind of got comfortable with it, comfortable with the darkness, the literal darkness, you know? I think it's funny that that came up just now. Um, Somebody said several replies to this thread. Um are already about taking comfort in what's familiar and easy. I just wanted to praise you for being introspective enough to be aware of this issue and seeing it as something that can negatively impact your life. 
Many simply retreat into this safe space, uh, safe space of sadness. So good for you for introspection. I agree. If you're listening to this, even, I think that um, you're definitely not to to my own horn, but I think you're in the right place. Um, I have for a long time now felt that people are drawn towards being self-destructive and having sadness because it creates an excuse in your life, which is comforting. Say you're not doing well in some aspect of your life. If something sad is going on, you have that excuse to fall back on, even if only subconsciously comforting. That whatever failures occurring is or might be due to that sad thing going on in your life. Are we following... I'll do it one more time because I I got a little confused. I'm not going to lie. I have for a long time now felt that people are drawn towards being self-destructive and having sadness because it creates an excuse in your life, which is comforting. So when you're not doing well in some aspect of your life, if something sad is going on, you have an excuse to fall back on. So whatever failure is occurring in your life, you have that sad thing to use an excuse, uh, use as an excuse, um, being self-destructive or having just sadness. I agree. Are we self-sabotaging? This this post is about, is about self-sabotaging. That's a hard thing to to figure out because you have to be self-aware, and uh, you have to be aware of others as well. Um, next one though. I, this was a very long post. I find comfort in sadness. Being happy, productive, and positive is exhausting. It's hard. It's like I actively have to keep it up. But you can just slide into sadness and stay there. It's like being in water. It's hard to constantly swim at the surface, but so easy to just let go and stay at the bottom. That's how my depression feels like. Sadness is like a blanket for me. It's familiar. It calms me down. I don't have to waste energy to keep up a feeling. If happiness was so easy to maintain, like sadness is, of course I'd prefer it too. But it's easy to fall into sadness. Everything stops having sense. I don't have to do anything because it doesn't matter. Sometimes I feel like I don't want to be better. It seems bizarre because I know I want to be happy but there's still this thing in me that clings on to the sadness. It feels familiar, like a part of me. I was depressed ever since I can remember. I'm not scared to not be. Oh, it says I'm scared not to be because I feel like abandoning a part of me. And I think, I remember why I put this here. That's a part of, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a psycho psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. Oh, it's 11-11, everybody. I feel like that's a sign. But um, always consult your medical professionals. Um, but I know from my own experience that it can be so comforting to be depressed. And it can feel like such a force to try to find happiness. But I've always found that if I start out really small with small little things that make me happy, like making a cup of tea or writing down three good things that happened to me that day, those are two huge steps for me to feel happy. 
another thing now that there's the sun coming out a bit more and for more often is I make it a point to watch the sunset if it's visible. I sit there for an hour, an hour and a half, however long I can, put on some music and just watch the sunset, turn off my phone completely and just watch it, you know? And uh, sometimes I'm really tempted to take a photo and a lot of times I do. I'm going to be honest, but I, I, I don't sit there taking photos the entire time. I just sit there in my feelings, my emotions, and just take it for myself. Because I feel like when I take a photo of the sunset, I always want to share it. Why am I not wanting to keep that joy and happiness within me a little bit? Because when I give it away, it's not mine anymore. I'm trying to get validation for my own happiness, my own joy. Are we following? This was not a part of my um, agenda to talk about on the podcast today, but it's, it's also about keeping the joy and happiness that you find for yourself. Don't give it away. Keep it if you have it. And yeah, I think uh, back to the um, three things you're grateful for. I haven't done this in a while. I need to start doing it again. But that one's a really nice one. I, I read an article one time um, about how the greatest indicator of having a really great year or a really great life is if you can recount things that you are actually grateful for, which makes total sense. If you believe that you had a great year, if you believed you had a great life, you can recall what went great, right? And if you're living every day and, you know, not sure what to be grateful for, I think you need to sit back. You need to take it down to brass tacks. You're breathing. You're probably warm. Or maybe you're cold and you want to be cold. You, you know, I don't want to tell you but what to be grateful for because it has to come from you. It can be so abstract, like, um, I'm just really happy that I won this, um, like, internet game. I, I got better at it today, you know, and that's your small little win, you know. It's not going to make sense to other people, but it's going to make a lot of sense to you, you know. I don't know, big big tangent there, but I hope I hope there's something there for you. But moving on. We have two more here. Someone says, someone wise once told me that we feel comfort in sadness because it's familiar. We're back to this. We know our sadness deeply and intricately. It's part of our story and it can't just be taken away from us. Happiness seems scary for this reason. Happiness seems unstable and fragile and easily taken away, which makes us not even want to try for happiness out of fear of failure. I like that one. Next one. It says, I can understand that. Comfortable sadness. When someone showed me kindness for no good reason, it felt strange and I wanted, wanted it to get away from me and go far. I got so used to all the negativity that I've been bombarded for years. I don't remember how happiness actually felt. And 
I, I, I remember why I attached this one because I think that, you know, it's hard to find happiness if you're comfortably sad sometimes. And I think that's um, a reason why maybe you should get a notebook or write it down in your phone, just a list of things to be grateful for today. Even if you don't really feel it, eventually you will feel grateful. Eventually, like you'll start thinking more often like, oh, what am I grateful for today? You know, it'll. Uh, the more you think about something, the more your brain will think about it ongoing. You know what I mean? If you... Th- I'm not saying that all your problems are mindset problems, but I'm saying that I think if you're comfortably sad, there's always a way out. There's always a way out. There's always a way over the mountain. As as Miley Cyrus says, I live for her. Um, solutions section. We've got a few here. What purpose did you find and what was the process to find it? You can help a lot of people. So what's your purpose? Do you know? What's your purpose today? Do you know? I think that when people try to say, oh, what's the meaning of life? People start to be like, oh my gosh, what? what's the meaning of my life? What's the meaning of all these decades that I hopefully will be able to get to live? They don't bring it down to small scale. Like what's the purpose of just today? What's the purpose of maybe the dinner that I'm going to, the party I'm going to, what's the purpose of, you know, anything? What's the purpose? Bring it down small scale. Just work on the small things. And that's, again, we're bringing it down to the small bits. That's how you find your happiness. That's how you find your joy if you haven't had it in a long time. Somebody else said, how I figured this out was I gave myself the space to sit down and think, no distractions, just silence and thought about one activity that was effortless for me to do. That one activity, no matter how tired or how stressed or how busy I was, I looked forward to doing it. That thing for me was art. I found any and every excuse to make art. I drew during work, during lectures, after long days, at 4 a.m. And while I drew, I didn't feel like it was a chore. It gave me life. It generated energy for me. That's how I knew art was my passion. The moment I decided to give in to totally and decided to seriously pursue being an artist, life became enriching and exciting. It's a slow process, but it's definitely worth it. And I'm going to be honest, I'm going through this right now. Going through the stage where I'm like, you know, I could do all of these things and find success in all of these different areas, just like you can. But where do I actually find life? What am I going to be excited to wake up to every day? You know, because at the end of the day, yes, you want to make money. And yes, sometimes you have to have a really, really crappy job before you can feel joy waking up. But I think that if you're working for joy, that's so much different, you know? Something you look forward to doing. We all know what we look for um, to feel happy. And if you don't, look at what you did as a kid. A lot of it has to do with creativity. Some people like to go run. Some people like to, like this person, like paint pictures and create art. What 
where what made you happy as a kid? I think that I saw a video just like this. Um, I think that a lot of where we need to be later in life needs to reflect what we were interested in before we told we couldn't really be interested in that. Before other people formed us instead of us forming ourselves, if that makes sense. Maybe it's a little abstract. Maybe I'm not making, maybe I'm the only one understanding what I'm saying because it's coming out of my own mind. But I'm going to keep going. Maybe you'll get it. My ankle just cracked. Um, But so this person says, my purpose in life is writing books. I currently write the first one um, uh, that I've ever wrote, written in my entire life, and I'm going to publish it. Traditional or self-publish, it's getting published no matter what. I, finding what I'm good at and like to do was so important. I have a story I want to tell writing every day, um, and writing every day improves my craft. I'm also self-taught in singing 25 years since. Thought of teaching singing online, but for now it remains a hobby. I recently taught my husband to sing, and he went from slightly tone-deaf to competent. He sang for others to judge. I feel very accomplished, since even some singing teachers feel that you can train a mid-30s tone-deaf into competent singers. Okay. Okay. Again, it's just, when they say follow your heart, you have to. I know that some people will have to wait a little bit till they can follow their heart. They'll have to wait until they have a couple extra these days, like thousand dollars, um, in their, in their bank account. But you can always do both. You know, you can draw a picture every few days, just to keep yourself sane while you wait until you can draw a picture every hour of every day. You know, that's just my opinion. And it's not fully formed and, it's, it's specific to what I'm talking about right now in this moment. But, I, I you know, you got to follow your heart. Um, next person says, I feel this so hard. I've been thinking about this for a long time, but answers like just get disciplined or find your calling are too big and just lead to more avoidance or escapism. For me, it's actually more like pre- peer pressure or vanity to get out of, out of the rut. I want to have my own stories to tell and my own interactions and my own hobbies to be good at. I also don't want to look like I spend my days with my iPad. So I read. Maybe even on this Reddit about micro-action, I really try to practice that. If you just make sure all the trash is in the trash bin, for example, it's already loads better than when it wasn't. Better to put the dirty cups in the sink, even if the dishwasher's too big of a step right now then you see that action isn't so hard, unenjoyable, and it might even feel rewarding. It kind of snowballs from there. I agree with the learn to find the process enjoyable that people are touting. Laundry and money stuff will never be that for me, but dusting, ironing, and vacuuming are kind of zen. Also, just lock up the remotes for one morning and put on some elevator music. Helps me a lot. I like to listen to those live jazz and study channels on online. Hundreds of people around the world are also working. Look at us go. Okay, a little bit confusing this post. But again, they're just finding the small things to be grateful for. And 
if you're having, I've been through this period where I'm like, I don't want to take out the trash. I don't want to do recycling. I don't want to uh, sweep my floor. And I would rather not have dirty dishes, but I will not be doing them. But if you just do one dish at a time, you don't have to do it all at a time. If you do one dish at a time, if you sweep one corner of your room, that's one less corner. And it will snowball, I promise you. Promise you. And I think that's the same with happiness. Once you find one thing that you're a little bit happy about, it'll snowball and you'll be happy about it again. And then you'll add something else and you'll add something else and you'll add something else. And eventually you'll feel a lot more happiness than you did before. And the scales will balance out to somewhere where you're probably comfortable. Moving on. Start with the small things. We've kind of talked about this. Start with the small things. Make your bed first thing in the morning. Make it a habit. While small and seemingly pointless, it is actually a pretty powerful way to boost confidence and feel in control of your day right from the start. I'm going to be honest. When I learned, I learned this trick when I was quite young. Um, but whenever I have a bad day, it's like if I make my bed, if it's not already made, these days it's always made when I wake up. But if it's not already made, I just have to make my bed, tidy my room a little bit, and I am fine. I'm fine. It's something about having a little bit of order that just changes the tone. I don't know. Um, another tip that this person had is Walk for an hour or two a few times a week. I'm going to be honest. A two hour or one hour walk even is quite long. Even if you're out for 10 to 15 minutes. Let me tell you, I did that all last summer. I haven't done it in the winter because there's snow everywhere and I just I don't want to do it. Um, but I do get outside. Um, but... I did it all last summer. And actually, my walks did end up being 45 minutes to an hour. But you don't have to do this. But my I did like a sunset walk as many times as I could. 45 minutes to one hour walking the same loop um, and watching the sun go down. And it just changed my perspective so much. So much. If you... I, I There's this Pinterest... Um, post that I saw it was like if you need perspective go for a walk if you are too stressed out read a book or something I don't I forget what it was maybe it was like I don't know what it was but it was like if you're feeling this do this if you're feeling this do this and one of them was you know if you need perspective go for a walk if you need creativity go for a walk you know but the very last thing these thoughts are keeping me down for quite a, while, a long time, but I think the solution is to love the process no matter the outcome. I know this sounds like some internet guru type of thing, but it's true. Humans are built to do something, to solve problems, to change the world for the better. And I think if you can find or think of any ways for some action that can improve your life or any other people's life, just in a little way, it is worth doing. Something better to do than scrolling and the chance for a slightly better life for yourself or others, mostly yourself. If you're doing stuff for other people, you're never going to like, 
not benefit from that, you know? Whether you're learning a lesson that that person is just a taker or um, you're like, I feel good because I helped somebody. I think those two things are not mutually exclusive, by the way. You can totally feel like I helped that person. I did a good thing and I feel good about it. But they are also toxic and only takers. Um, but moving on, I'm going to, I just cut right through this, but, um, any slight victory is enough to engage in wanting a better future. That was the last bit. And I think that's an awesome note to end on. Whether you're comfortably sad or something else, just start with the small things. It's going to take time. As this very last person says, it's going to be a process. You have to figure out how to enjoy the journey. Because I promise you that the, the goal, the milestone, the final battle isn't going to feel good unless you remember how much work you put in to get there. You know? Enjoy your weeks. Enjoy the rest of your day, your evening, your morning, whatever it may be. Um, enjoy the process. Find something to be grateful for. I can find something right now. This podcast. If you if you've listened this far, I feel like you can you can say with me right now. I'm thankful for this podcast. You know. I feel like that's a safe that's a safe thing, right? Not to toot my own horn again. But anyway, this is Nobody Asked the Podcast. It happens every Wednesday, and you're welcome to follow. You're encouraged to give us a five-star rating. Comment something nice in the reviews. Follow us online. And uh, at the very least, I'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs>